slow my roll because I was moving fast. I was running around doing, I was like heavy, heavy in the gang activity, you know? Everybody knows that they know me. I was like the worst of the worst out here, you know what I'm saying? It's another reason why I feel like it's, I need to really help because I know if, if these little kids is running around thinking and doing what I was doing, it's not good for the city. It's not good for nobody. You're listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast where experts share experiences and the latest thinking on mental health and psychology. Here's your host, Gabe Howard. Hey, everyone. I'm your host, Gabe Howard. And calling into the show today, we have rapper Lil Dallas. Lil Dallas grew up alongside famed rapper Mozzie, and they continue to work together to this day. He also works with Healthy Life Recovery to tell his story and inspire others to make better choices. Lil Dallas, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome, man. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad that you're here. Today's topic is a firsthand look at re-entry into the community from prison. Now, you spent the past 11 years incarcerated from the ages of 16 to 27. What were the circumstances that led to you going to prison in the first place? Yeah, uh, I grew up, you know what I'm saying, regular ghetto little kid. You feel me? I didn't really have too much. Parents really didn't have too much. My parents never really had a good job. I was headed down the wrong path just from my surroundings and everything that, that I've seen growing up. I thought like doing drugs, getting high, liquor, thought all that was regular. That was just normal. You feel me? Like somebody's getting high or or even if they're getting high on drugs that are more than what I'm doing, it's, it's still regular to me. It just seems like that's what you're supposed to do or that's the norm around here. It was just a normal part of your daily experience. Yeah, it's, it's the norm. It's like, it's not a shocker. Like, I'd see somebody getting high, you know what I'm saying? And I just look right past them because we've seen worse that we feel we've seen worse. We're seeing people get shot, seeing people get killed. So somebody getting high in our mind is like, oh, that's nothing. Yeah, it, it sounds like you, you experienced a lot of trauma from a very young age that informed decisions that you were making, which, of course, is exactly what like a therapist and a psychologist would say, right? It's, yeah. To translate... A bunch of bad shit happened to you and it informed your decision making as, as you got older. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't learn from their mistakes or learn from the mistakes people around them are making. But I was fortunate to, to kind of catch on early. Like, nah, this is not was it's weird, but going to jail saved me. So let's talk about that for a moment. Now, obviously, you had to be sentenced with something, right? So what were you arrested for? And what was the ultimate sentence that kept you in, in prison for, I believe, about 11 years? Yeah, see, I was originally charged with attempted murder. And then I took a deal just for assault with the firearm. I had did a shooting in front of the police. I didn't know the police was there. But the police was right there watching the whole thing. And I was 16 and uh i go to juvenile hall and they're offering me like 50 years then they're trying to give me like 35 years then they're trying to give me like 20 something years to life ultimately i took 14 years and then i did 11 I want to talk about day-to-day -day prison life because I, the only thing that I understand about prison little Dallas is, is was what I've seen on television. There, there's gangs everywhere. There's violence everywhere. Everybody's plotting to do something. I mean, it, it's just, it seems like hell. It, it's portrayed as hell, but what's it like? Yeah, well, you're right about one thing. It's, it's hell, but it's like, it's hell full of a bunch of people with great attitudes, with work ethic trying the hardest to, to be better. And then 
you got a bunch of COs that treat you like shit, that talk down on you. Uh, they tell you, oh, when you go home, you're not going to be nothing, this and that. Good luck. They're basically preying on your downfall. You know what I'm saying? I, I had a couple cool COs. Like, there's a CO named Pooch. And uh, I like to say his name and his wife because they were actually, like, the opposite. They actually used to help a lot of people and, and really try to get them, like, get their heads on straight. But there's not a lot of COs like them. There's It's a bunch of COs in there that it's like they hired hella people that hate inmates. Regardless of what you do or how you do, they, they treat you bad. I have to imagine that that's very disheartening because you're, you're trying to follow the rules and you're trying to do the right things. And the, and the deal there is that if you do the right thing, then the right thing will happen to you. Yeah. But it, it, it doesn't sound like it does. And I, I can, I want to touch on the, the, the CEO part for a minute, because you're not describing a situation where the, the guards are running around beating people with nightsticks. And that's of course what we see in, in, in the media, that's the popular portrayal. What you're describing is just a toxic environment where you're constantly being told negative things that you're not good enough. And, and, and I, I want to make sure that the listeners understand that it's, it's not violence that seems like it, it's getting you. It, it's, it's toxic. It's negativity. Yeah. It's, it's the ne- negativity part. So it's like, let's just say you're already somebody that lived a negative, violent, wrong life. And you're trying, you're trying your hardest. You're trying your hardest. Let me, let me do better. You know what I'm saying? Let me, let me try the other side of, of, of the world and see because obviously I'm doing something wrong. So let me, let me do right. And as you're trying to do right, as you're trying to do right, they're pushing your buttons to show you, like they're trying to get it out of you, trying to bring it out of you because they feel like they're like empowered. It's like a power struggle. You know what I'm saying? The same way people don't want to show, like they feel like I'm showing weakness. If I do something like this, or I'm showing weakness. If I do that, it's like the COs feel like they're showing weakness. If they show you respect, When we talk about misconceptions of people who are in prison, we have this idea that every single person in prison has gone through this lengthy trial and and, and a jury convicted them and they they were afforded all of these resources and they had the the dream lawyer team. And and the reality is, is that most people don't have a trial at all. The vast majority of people in in prison never went through a trial. They took a plea deal and, and sometimes they took that plea deal not because they were guilty, but because the deck was just incredibly stacked against them and and it was the best decision for them at the time. And we don't know 100% what those rates are. The thing that I want the listeners to understand is that the majority of people in prison did not have a trial. For example, you, Lil Dallas, you did not have a trial. You you took a plea deal because it was in your best interest. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like that, even if you're innocent, you're going to take a deal because in your mind, you're going to be like, well, even if I go to trial, I'm going to lose. I'm never, even if I'm, no one that's innocent beats cases. So when people say, well, you're innocent, you should have took it to trial. A lot of people don't beat trial, even when they're innocent. Because only thing people see is like, oh, well, he had to be guilty or he had to be this. Look at him, look at him. They'll judge you, you feel me? And a lot of people are, I know a lot of people, like for a fact that are in there for some stuff that they didn't do, but they didn't do what they're in prison for. So the the system's just, it's, it's rigged. And that's why the mental health part of it is a big deal because if we can get these kids and, and these young adults and even older dudes to get mental health and they'll make the right decisions. You know what I'm saying? If they get substance abuse treatment, 
they'll make the right decisions because that is a big key. That's not the whole problem, but that's a big problem. That is a big piece of everything. The mental health and the substance abuse is a huge piece. For sure, everybody who's been in prison has mental health. If you didn't have it before, you have it now. So if you haven't never got help, you need help. Everybody should get some type of help, like whether it needs treatment. A lot of people do, you know what I'm saying? And you don't know. You don't know. You might think you're doing okay. And you might you might talk to somebody and feel like, wow, I really needed that. Like, that really helped me. I, I never thought I would, would ever need some counseling. You feel me? I never thought it was like this. So it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. In my opinion, it's worth a shot. Like, I give it a shot. Mozzie gave it a shot. And, and we both love it. So letting some of this stuff out and being able to talk about it with somebody that's open-minded, somebody that's not in your family or, you know what I'm saying, to somebody just outside of your whole life talk about stuff that you don't normally talk about with everybody. This helps me, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I need. So maybe I'm helping somebody out there listening, but for sure, this helping me. And another thing is, if you feel like there's a lot of people out there that's working on their careers, they don't know that if the, if you get some help, you might thrive better than you've ever ever in your whole life. So getting some help is not something you should put on the back burner. Health is not one thing you should put on the on the back burner. Health should be the main thing that like you should prioritize health. And I guarantee it'll clear your head and whatever you do, whatever your career is, you're going to probably be greater at it because you're going to look at everything different. It's, it's going to be like you're a new you. You're going to be the best version of yourself. Let's like being cleansed. Like, it's one thing to be physically healthy. That's great, too. But to be mentally healthy, that's dope. That's different. That is just going to make you be different from everybody because that's the one thing everybody is scared to do. They feel, I don't know if it's frowned upon, but like people kind of look at it like, oh, I don't need help. That's not something you should feel ashamed of. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if somebody's looking at you some type of way because you're getting help, they need help. What has life been like for you since you left prison and, and now we're rejoining society? Because I, I have to imagine that being out of society for 11 years, there, there's a bit of a culture shock. There's different things that I deal with. One is like, I'm so programmed to doing certain things every single day. Like in jail, you eat, you have to finish your food very fast. So like I'm out here. I'm excited to be out here. I'm eating hella fast because I've been having to eat my food so fast for 11 years. And I was already, before I went to prison, I didn't learn a lot of like, a lot of things I didn't learn the right way already. So I was so used to doing that, that I'm thinking that's the right way. So a lot of things that I do, people are looking at me like, man, why you eat so fast? Yeah, I mean, that's something small. Like when I first came home, like I would stay in my room. I would eat and go straight to my room and I would just stay in my room. And everybody's like, no, you can come out of your room. I just felt comfortable being like kind of closed in or like by myself, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's, that's all I, that's all I know, you know, like I always told myself like, dang, I don't want to get out and be like a weird dude that came out of prison. So when people say little things, I don't take it the wrong way. I kind of be like, okay, once I notice it, I just start working on it. And now I don't do that. Now I don't never like being in my room. As I'm sitting here listening to you, one of the things that I think about is, are there programs? Does does society support you in this? I, I know you've talked about your your wife and family and friends, but what about 
What about society? Is there a step down unit from prison? I, I know that that is probably the stupidest question that you've ever been asked, but I just, do, do they really just let you out and, and fend for yourself? Yeah, that's, that's not a question. And yes, they do let you out and they give you $200 on a card and they expect you to be a success. That's it. It seems to me like that would set anyone up for failure. Yeah, I was released with $200 and an EpiPen. And, and that's it? Yeah. They gave me an EpiPen. The way I'm supposed to use an EpiPen, I don't know why they gave me an EpiPen, but they gave me an EpiPen and taught me how to use it. And then they gave me $200 on like a little debit card. And then that's it. Do your thing. It just seems like if you didn't have that support that, that you had with your, your wife and your family that, I mean, $200 is, is, is nothing. That's, that's maybe what, like, like an Uber ride and a night in a hotel and, and, and some food. Yeah, that's nothing. Like realistically, realistically, if you did some prison time, like man, $200 is like food. I just can't see it lasting more than 48 hours. No, it didn't last me. It didn't even last me all the way home. Cause I, I was a little ways from home. So. It didn't really last me nothing because, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to buy food and put some gas in the car or just little stuff like that doesn't last nothing. $200 is nothing. And being home now, like for like really seeing what's really going on in the world, if you got people that's been living out here, good citizens that's been living their regular life, going to work, they've been working for years, they're still struggling. They can barely survive out here where I'm from and they're working two jobs, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know people that work two jobs full time and is barely paying rent. So if you expect some type of person that already has a criminal history, that's already like, you know what I'm saying? To come home with $200 and you can just make it happen. Like the odds is so stacked against you. It's crazy. And you got to be mentally strong to like deal with that and not go back into criminal activity because it's so easy to go do something and get some money right now. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that's easy. That's easy. Well, and there's a desperation to it. Not only is it easy, but it, it would seem like any reasonable person would be desperate. You wouldn't have a place to stay. You wouldn't have food. You wouldn't have money. And yeah. you're being offered this this chance to to eat and have shelter. It, it's a rock and a hard place. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You got to think there's regular people that never committed criminal activity in this day and age. They're ready to do something criminal for some money because it's just so hard right now. You know what I'm saying? So put a criminal in that situation that only has $200 and they just kicked them out to the street. Like a lot of these dudes don't want to do nothing. No, no criminals. They try and they're trying they're doing this or doing that. Even if they get a job, that ain't even enough to even live because the way everything is set up, the rent prices and like out here, I don't know where, how it is out there where you're from, but out here, like apartment, a regular small apartment in the ghetto broken down with nothing in it is like, 2500 a month. Wow. And then the jobs is $16 an hour and you're only going to get eight hours a day. So how are you making it work? Wow. You know, only people you're going to know living a, a great life are somebody that's doing something they shouldn't be doing. It can't nobody else survive out here. You feel me? I do. My blessing was Ryan Witt from Healthy Life Recovery. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. 
One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com. Gabe Howard here to tell you about the Inside Bipolar podcast from Healthline Media. He does the show with me, Dr. Nicole Washington, a board-certified psychiatrist. That's right. A guy living with bipolar and a psychiatrist team up to discuss living well with bipolar disorder. Listen now on your favorite podcast player or visit psychcentral.com slash IBP to learn more. Subscribe now so you don't miss out. And we're back with rapper Lil Dallas discussing re-entry from prison. So let's talk about healthy life recovery for a moment, because you, you, your story is is different from from the average in a couple of ways. One, your work with healthy life recovery, and and two, you know Mozzie. You grew up with Mozzie, so the, those are two things that the average person who is coming out of prison doesn't have. Let, let's start with healthy life recovery. How did you meet up with them? How did they help you? And what do they do? Healthy Life Recovery, the owner of Healthy Life Recovery is a friend of my friend. So I already knew who he was, and he kind of already knew who I was. And one day I reached out to him, and we we just clicked. We talked, and we just was talking for hours. We still talk for hours basically every day. And at first, he was always telling me about Healthy Life Recovery, but we related on so many things. He's like, man, you should you should use your platform for this because you can help a lot of people because like not a lot of people talk about reentry and mental health part of it you know what i'm saying so when he said that i'm like all right you know what i'm saying i already wanted to do something to kind of help people anyway so we locked in we start working he actually hired me so i'm a w-2 employee he gave me a, a way to make legal money enough to where i i can survive and then healthy life recovery like healthy life is different because if any employee from Healthy Life, if you come to any of us and you have mental health problems or substance abuse problems, we're going to get you help. And if it's not with us, we're going to find you the help you need with somebody else. Any situation you're in, we're going to try to put you in a place where you can get the help you need. And if it's there's better help that's not coming from us, we're going to put you there. You know, your health is first, not not ours. And if I'm not mistaken, the the whole purpose of this is is to provide people looking for reentry from prison with the the step down that that we discussed earlier, right? The 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 help, the connections, the the resources, so that they're they're not just left to to flounder and and help themselves. It really seems like that's the step down unit that that I was hoping existed on its own earlier in the show. Yeah, what what I'm doing is what this is what a lot of people need but a lot of people don't know yet. I'm trying to get as many people on board and to not feel ashamed about what type of mental health or a lot of people don't know they got mental health. So at least come and get evaluated because people in prison, most people are in jail because they were on drugs or they were trying to get drugs. Imagine if they never had that problem. A lot of people are, are really good dudes and the drugs or the, whatever, just kind of like got them making poor decisions, you know, and then they sober up and wish they never made that decision. And, and they recognize how, how dumb the decisions they made were, you know? 
society has this idea that there's good and evil and that evil wants to be good and that good wants to be good. But the reality is not so simple. From from your perspective, what does society get wrong about people who are in prison? Growing up, I used to be thinking like, like when people used to be like, I'm a product of my environment. Well, dude, I used to be thinking like, man, shut up, go to school. You can go to school. You can go to school and you can come up out of it. Wooty whoop did. Wooty whoop did. Those people that came from our situation, those people that came from our hood and made it, those are like superheroes. That's not the normal. Because in reality, if you walk outside your door and your neighbor to the left, your neighbor to the right, and your neighbor across the street, the only kids your age is gang banging. Every time you come out, you fighting, fight or flight. And even if you flight, you're not going to flight too many times. You, you're going to slowly get into that life. You go to school, everybody at your school, robbing people, gang banging, doing drugs, doing this. So for people to be like, well, you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to do it. Okay. I mean, like, what would you do though? The same way you grew up, some people grow up and they say, hey, I know how to play soccer. Or I know how to play football because in, in my neighborhood, all we do is play football. Yeah, my neighborhood, all we do is gangbang and violence. That's where it comes into play. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, it's okay for you to do everything that, it's okay for you to do everything that the kids do in your neighborhood, but you expect me not to do what all the kids do in my neighborhood. Everybody, nobody doesn't gangbang. Every single person gangbangs. That's how bad it gets where we from in all these neighborhoods in fact. And it's like that in other neighborhoods, too. So for some of the people, like, oh, they want to go to jail. They want to not. These dudes want better. You know what I'm saying? They want to do good. They want to work. They want to do all that. But at the end of the day, they're stuck in this little bubble where they can't even grow. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't be around all these killers and think that think that you're not going to you're going to have to follow suit or get killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I've met the greatest people, the greatest well-mannered people in prison. I've met people in prison that can build houses. And I met a lot of good, innocent people in prison. I've met, met a couple bad apples in prison too. But believe it or not, it's, it's a majority of like some good dudes in prison. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's a lot of good dudes in prison. And this is not me just saying that because I was in prison. You consider me like, oh man, he got a good head on his shoulders. There's a lot of people like me in prison. A lot. Lil Dallas, thank you so much for being here. But before we end the show, is there any myth or stereotype that you just want to address with our listeners and let them know that that's, that's not what's going on? Any, any takeaway messages for them? There's so much, man. Like, like people in prison are not like not raping each other. They're not plotting on coming home and doing harm to anybody. They're not doing that. That's not what's going on. You know what I'm saying? People got wives uh, like myself. We just want to be with our family and we, and we just want to, we just want to help and, and be able to survive out here and, and, and get this fair treatment. You know what I'm saying? We want to be able to go to work and cause you go to work the whole time you're in prison too. You have to work in prison. You ha- either have to go to work or go to school in prison. You can't just sit around in prison. So if someone's in prison, they're working the whole time, they have a job or they're in school. You have to do one or the other. You can't just sit around. When you see somebody in prison, just know that they've already worked. They probably got a couple trades. Their work ethic is probably better than anybody else's that you know, because in prison, the guards are on you about work. So when you're doing a nine to five in prison, you're doing a, a real nine to five. Like you're working constantly. You're not taking a break, looking at your phone. You're getting a, your exact lunch. 
the minute you stop working, they're on you. Like you're working constantly. So anybody who's been through that in prison will come home and work for you better than anybody else probably because there's no breaks. You're not getting no breaks. Give a couple guys some chances. Get get them do some chances and 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 if you don't really just feel comfortable of just giving them a chance off the gate, just give them the option, man. Hey, look, we got some people at Healthy Life Recovery. Check those guys out or get help from somebody and then come over here if you have to. You know what I'm saying? Just don't don't shoo them away. Give them some options. I love that message of give people options. I I think that's incredible. Little Dallas, how can folks find Healthy Life Recovery? Healthy Life, you can look up Healthy Life Recovery, Inc. Just look up Healthy Life Recovery or Healthy Life Recovery, Inc. And a whole bunch of stuff will pop up. And then we can look us up on Instagram. Little Dallas, thank you so much for being here. And a big thank you to all of our listeners as well. My name is Gabe Howard, and I am the author of Mental Illness is an Asshole and Other Observations. I'm also an award-winning public speaker who could be available for your next event. My book is on Amazon. You can grab a signed copy with free show swag or learn more about me by heading over to GabeHoward.com. If you can do me a favor, wherever you downloaded this episode, please follow or subscribe to the show. It's absolutely free. Also, recommend the show to a friend, family member, colleague. Share it on social media. Send a text message. Sharing the show is how we grow. I will see everybody next Thursday on Inside Mental Health. You've been listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast from Healthline Media. Have a topic or guest suggestion? Email us at show at psychcentral.com. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show or on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.